This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on the time you're listening to Go To Grandma via the radio show or the podcast. I'm your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth, and you're in for a great show today, no matter where you are in your grandparent journey. We are the show that brings you all the facts and fun you need right now. At the age of 70, what Joan McDonald decided she needed right then was to join her daughter's online transformation program. She lost 70 pounds. She gained 1.6 million Instagram followers. I'm going to be talking with Joan today about how she turned her fitness journey around and the advice that she has to help others to do the same thing. Of course, she has an app for that. I've been following Train with Joan on Instagram for a long time, and I encourage you to do the same. Such an inspiring woman and journey. As grandparents, of course, we aren't the only ones who are aging. Our grandkids are doing it too. They go from being adorable little babies, cute little toddlers, precious little preschoolers, And then the terrible tweens and teens? They don't have to be, and we can work to keep our connections with them at this age. In fact, it might be more important for them to have us during those years versus their diaper-changing needs of a few years ago. Occupational therapist and author Sabrina Adair is going to tell us how we can understand a tween or teen's sensory, learning, and communications needs so that we can speak to them in a way that they can understand us. Our Take 5 with RBC segment this week is an important one as we learn about what's known as the grandparent scam and we talk about how to protect ourselves from financial fraud. I've got my coffee and I hope you have your beverage of choice because you're in for a great half hour coming up on the next Go To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Get ready to train with Joan. Coming right up. At 70 years of age, Joan McDonald joined her daughter's online transformation program and lost close to 70 pounds and kept it off. Since then, she has been encouraging as many people as possible that they too can take their health into their own hands. We are here to thrive and not just survive. She is just a regular person like anyone else. She worked her entire life, raised three children, and just let her health go over the years. She had lost and regained hundreds of pounds over the years, but had never been able to keep it off. Now she has a fitness app where she helps thousands of people get their health back. She also has a Train With Joan journal that is both a journal and fitness planner to help people stay on track with their goals. She has a YouTube channel where she shows how she trains and cooks and enjoys life now as an active person. Her goal is to help and motivate as many people as she can to have better health always. Good morning, Joan. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Well, thank you, Kathy, for inviting me. I think I'm reaching you in Mexico. Is that correct? You're reaching me in Tulum, Mexico. Yes, you are. (laughs) And I know when I tried to reach you earlier, you were at the gym, which is perfect for the context of our conversation. Joan, your story is remarkable and obviously 1.6 million Instagram followers agree. You really turned your health around at the age of 70. What are some of your top tips to help people turn their health around? First thing, keep moving. Yes. <laughs> Just don't sit around and vegetate. If you want to get healthier, it's a food plan, eating five meals a day, spaced out every two and a half to three hours is really good. Getting eight hours of sleep mm-hmm. is vital having at least three liters of water a day. I know a lot of people just can't seem to get it down, but there are, (laughs) 
there's zero calorie flavor drops that you can get too. So there's no reason to not right. have something that's tasty as well when you're drinking the water. Yeah, the movement part and the exercise is good. It's not the major part. I think it builds up your muscles, mm -hmm. but it's what you eat as well. I really believe in Michelle's plan of protein, carbs, and fats. It's a balanced meal. Never go down on your protein, whatever you work out as to be your daily intake. Make sure you get your protein at least. But um, the carbs and the fats are also important. Balanced out. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, right now, I think I'm doing 160 in the protein, 150 in the carbs, and 40 to 45 in the fats. And it's good fats, not just no junk food. Stay away from snacking mm -hmm. um, because you can make two of these smaller meals into, you can think of them as snacks. Right. Like I could, I love my fluff, which is all it is, is protein powder mm -hmm. and some coconut milk and a lot of ice. And uh, as long as you've got a nice flavor, then, hey, it's <laughs> like having a blizzard. Really? That, perfect. And I think, Joan, you, you raised a really key point, which is it is so much about the food. It's not just hitting the gym for hours a day, every day. However, we do see you on Instagram working out at the gym really effectively. So can you describe a good basic program so I can give people an idea of how to get started? Well, my advice, when if you haven't done this before, mm -hmm. is to start off with low weights. Like, yeah. don't go diving into it thinking... You know, you pick it up and you go, well, this is really light. <laughs> well, when you're doing repetitions, by the time you're finished your reps and your sets, you, they feel heavier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Believe me. So lift a weight that you can handle and perform effectively. Mm -hmm. And that being said, that's with everything. Like even with the leg press, the sled itself with mm -hmm. mine anyway weighs 118 pounds wow so even empty like mm -hmm. no weights on it it's really a test to your strength absolutely and, and it's placing your feet in different spots on that sled will give you a different effect interesting and some of the things you're describing not just the exercise equipment but also the food plan that you're on it just shows the importance of having a really effective coach which i know that you do in your daughter michelle you know, she coaches many other people as well um, mm -hmm. and that can really help set your mindset towards it can't it it does definitely and the other thing is if you uh, get her macro mastery book mm -hmm. That gives you a whole basis to work out your meals. It's got just about everything in it to give you a good meal plan, mm -hmm. like how to do it and how to set it up. Then you can work out like what your weight is mm -hmm. as to what you want to be. And you base your macros, like your food, on what you want to be, where you want to get to. Like if I was like the 200 pounds, she asked me was, what do you want to get to? And I said, I'd right. like to lose at least 30 pounds. So she took 30 pounds off of that and based it on 160. Mm -hmm. So she gave me that to begin with, and it was too much food. I just couldn't seem to get it down. I was used to eating two to three meals a day mm -hmm. and snacking in between, which it just doesn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't cut it at all. I was eating less food and I couldn't lose weight. 
Interesting. So for the first couple of months, she brought it right down, brought my uh, whole calorie count right down. So I was, I don't know how much I was eating at first. It was probably close to maybe, maybe 100 grams of proteins and then a lot less carbs and mm -hmm. a lot less fat. And then I started around the second month, I think I was starting to get a little hungry, mm -hmm. second or third month. And when she came to visit, she, I said, I'm finally getting hungry. So she upped my calories and I started losing more weight, which just did not make sense to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> but the system works. Yeah, if, it yeah, if you stick to it, it really does work. And part of sticking to it, Joan, is the journal that you introduced, right? The Train with Joan oh. journal, which is a fitness planner to really help people stay on track with their goals. I think it's really key. It is a, a great little book. The trouble is, like, it's so well done that you need four books to get through <laughs> the year. Because right. you, there's no way you could carry that much around in one go. And every three months, you change books. So my advice for anyone is, is going to buy it, get the whole four books, like for the year, get into this, you know, putting down all that you're doing. Mm -hmm. It checks your sleep, it checks your water intake, it checks your workouts, it checks what you're doing all day. So it's, it's just, it's kind of a planner as mm -hmm. well. Yep, I have the book right in front oh, of me, okay, but yeah. I only have one. So clearly I need to get three more. <laughs> to if you want to go through the worth. year. Yeah, it's yeah, only exactly. a, a three-month well, plan, yeah. Well, Joan, you are such an inspiration online. I had so many responses on social media when I said that I was going to be speaking with you today. Please keep doing what you're doing. Everyone needs to check out your fitness app and your Train With Joan journal. We can find you at Train With Joan on Instagram. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for sharing your time. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Joan. I'll talk care. to you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sabrina Adair is a practicing occupational therapist and passionate advocate for parent empowerment and the author of Understanding a Child the Occupational Therapy Way, Recognizing and Communicating the Unique Potential of a Child. She is a mom of four beautiful children who have taught her patience, perseverance, and compassion, and that we're all wonderfully unique individuals with our own unfolding stories. She founded her company, Enabling Adaptations, a private therapy company to focus on helping parents and caregivers to find ways to effectively understand and communicate their child's needs in order to create positive environments where children can reach their greatest potential. Sabrina is an award-winning entrepreneur and shares her successful approach to improving children's lives through her private practice, as well as speaking engagements, parenting workshops, and more. Good morning, Sabrina. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Kathy. I loved your book, Understanding a Child, the Occupational Therapy Way, Recognizing and Communicating the Unique Potential of a Child. And what we're talking about here today are children, of course, but we're talking about grandchildren and in particular, tween or teen grandchildren when sort of the relationship might go through a bit of changes. But you're suggesting that no matter what age these grandkids are, they still seek out a connection. A hundred percent. And I think that's the biggest thing that grandparents need to recognize is how important building that connection is right off the start. And when you can build a connection with a child, no matter the age that they are, you can tap into a lot more potential with building that relationship in the future. Yeah, and I think grandparents can have that special sort of um, relationship as well with their grandkids that maybe, you know, the grandkids can see them as an objective sort of observer to some of the things that's going on versus their own parents. Would you think that's true? 
for sure. Because it's it's outside, because it's not in the, the nitty-gritties of the day-to-day, mm-hmm. cleaning your room, getting dressed, you know, making sure kids eat, even tweens and teens eating. Um, it becomes a separate relationship that is outside of those kinds of activities, and sometimes that can change the dynamics in that. So it makes it a little easier for kids to connect. And it can be hard, though, as a grandparent, if you do have that sort of, um, you know, distance a little bit to say, how do I actually communicate with my tweener or teen grandchildren? So you talk about in the book, recognizing sensory and learning communication needs. So speak to them in a way that they can understand you. What kind of tips can you give us there? Well, one of the things is to recognize that all your grandchildren will be different. Not one of them will be unique, similar to your own kids. Like, if you think back to raising your kids, you know, they all had their different needs. And your grandchildren are also similar. And they may not be the same as your kids. They may be even different than, you know, your own children. So recognizing that they have these sensory needs, meaning that they experience the world in their own way. So some kids will be really, you know, sensitive to touch or sensitive to sound or, you know, might need more movement than other kids. Um, And then really honing in on that or talking to your kids about what your grandkids do need will increase that relationship with them. So if they're really sensitive to noises, taking them to a busy park with lots and lots of kids may not be good for that grandchild, whereas they might like to go for a walk in a forest where it's quieter. So understanding that although it may have worked well with one grandchild who doesn't mind noises and likes to be more active in climbing, another grandchild may need something different. I think that's a great point. Same with teens and teens, um, right? It's recognizing what they crave and what they really avoid. Because if you bring them to an environment that they don't love, they will either they will check out even more than you know if if you brought them to an environment that they do love. Then you'll be able to tap into them and be able to have conversations. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And maybe, for instance, finding an activity that you both enjoy doing, as you mentioned, long walks, maybe you like to ski together, maybe you're, you know, cooking, whatever it is, like finding that environment where the conversation maybe can flow a little bit more naturally. A hundred percent. And that's where the learning needs come in as well. So sometimes we forget what age the children are. So some children or tweens and teens develop at different levels. So our ability to communicate, you know, some 14-year-olds communicate at a very high level if they're um, emotional intelligence is higher, their executive functioning is high, they may communicate a little more advanced than, than another 13-year-old. And so recognizing the level that you can communicate with them is also very important. So looking at the words that you use to talk to them. So if you're talking in very abstract language, like, you know, how are you? Or, you know, how was your day today? They may not be able to respond to you as well. And if you ask them more specific things, are very concrete in your language and your direction, you can often get a tween or teen to open up a little bit more. So maybe asking them specifically how, like, your history test went or something like that. Yeah, so knowing a little bit, or if they're into, you know, um, a sport, or if they're into mm-hmm. a, a game or a craft, being very specific about what they are doing can then open them up a little bit more. Yeah, and you talk about um, recognizing your perspective versus, you know, your grandchild's perspective. And I think about that. I have four kids. They were all very different teenagers. And now I've got two grandsons who are quite young, but will be coming into those years in another decade. And they're all different. And I have another generation now to consider, not just my own teens, but now my teens' teens, in a sense, right? My kids' teens. So that's super important as well, recognizing that perspective difference. Well, and that's, and that's so key, and I spend a lot of time working with parents and grandparents on that in the program that I offer because 
when we think about, like you said, raising your own kids through their teenage years, the world was a bit different then, right? Things were a bit mm-hmm. different with social media, with internet, with even gaming and things that kids were interested in. So if you thought, you know, you used to be able to connect with your kids playing Scrabble, it may not be the same that you would connect with your teens and tweens now. And so because different things are there, but there's now Scrabble video games, so you can play Scrabble video games. So it finds that happy medium between what you may have done with your kids and what you can do with your grandkids, but recognizes that this is a, a different generation than what you may have raised your kids in. I think that's a really important point, and I talk about it even with my daughter raising her two kids in a pandemic. I didn't have to do that, so I have to take that in consideration when I look at how I would parent now versus how I was able to parent then. And I think you know, recognizing that difference in how we parented our teens and tweens is key to understanding it from a grandparent's perspective. For sure. And I think recognizing that the environment that you grew up in was more community-based, often back when maybe you raised your kids, where there was more involvement with your neighbors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas generationally now, and especially with this pandemic, we didn't have that opportunity to spend that time with our neighbors or build that community with other moms at that level. So that's a really big gap that's happening right now. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your perspective on this, uh, Sabrina. And if people want to find out more about you and the things that you talk about, they can find you on Twitter at Enabling Adapt, and I'll spell it E-N-A-B-L-I-N-G-A-D-A-P-T-N. Same as on Facebook and on Instagram, Enabling Adaptations, and YouTube, Enabling Adaptations, Inc. So we can find you all over the place. And I really appreciate your expertise on this topic. I think our listeners will find it really helpful. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Thanks. Take care. An enterprise transformation leader with 25 years of experience in financial services, Kevin Perkis leverages his broad background in operations, sales, marketing, technology, and finance to affect organizational change. As Vice President Fraud Management at RBC, Kevin leads a team responsible for managing RBC's fraud capabilities within a sound risk framework while protecting their clients. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Kathy. I'm so delighted to be here. So we're going to start off with a poll that RBC recently did and then get into some information about how seniors can better protect themselves. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, we did recently conduct a poll um, in the Canadian marketplace to understand people's attitudes around fraud. And, you know, the most amazing thing that uh, that came through was that it's, it's not just an important topic, but it's been growing, particularly through the pandemic period. And in fact, we've seen now reported in 2021, 379 million lost to fraud just in that wow. year alone with over 50,000 victims. So it's truly uh, a big issue. And we know that almost half of Canadians believe they've been uh, targeted by fraudsters more than ever before. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, it's it's really astounding when you look at it. And the sophistication of what is being put forward to people is uh, making it really hard to separate that wheat from the chaff. You know, you're seeing emails come through, you see online ads. It's really hard to know sometimes whether something is a scam. And in fact, you know, when we think about protecting uh, those in our society around us, I mean, I'm, I'm somebody who's in the sandwich generation, too, and I've got uh, older parents, I've got kids at home, and, uh, and certainly I'm not alone. And in fact, 86% of Canadians are worried that fraudsters are increasingly targeting seniors. And with seniors online more than ever before, it's true that we really need to be on guard for the scams. 
So how can seniors better protect themselves and how can our, you know, family members like ourselves help protect them or educate them on fraud? You know, the biggest thing we can really do is be open and talk about it because you won't be surprised to learn that often when people have been a victim of fraud, they're really not wanting to talk about it. Uh, probably about 20% of people are are just, they don't even want to open up the fact that it happened to them. And yet, you know, 30% of everybody is know somebody who's been a victim of fraud. So it's happening all around us. And I think one of the biggest things we can really do is talk about fraud and talk about the things that are happening so that uh, the awareness is there and then see how we can protect ourselves. And some great tips just, you know, off the top are making sure that uh, we are never sharing our pins with other people, making sure Mm -hmm. we're not lending money without any kind of payback schedules, making sure we're streamlining how we pay for things like uh, set up automatic bill payments, do direct deposit for checks. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do just as part of our regular routines that can reduce our susceptibility to fraud. And now one thing that's really come up recently is the grandparent scam. So tell us what that is. Yeah, this is so manipulative and it it starts out and it really tugs in the heartstrings. So what will typically happen is uh, a senior will get a phone call from someone and they'll say something like, Grandma, do you know who this is? And the victim might think it's one of their grandchildren and say, yeah, I know it's you, John. And all of a sudden now they've just given a name. And the caller will start using this name over and over again to to get credibility with the victim. And what will happen is the caller will say, you know, they're in trouble, they need money right away, they might have said they were in a car accident or, you know, in jail in another country. And this, quote, grandchild will tell the victim, you know, don't tell parents, right? I've got to keep it a secret. Right. So as this credibility is built, they might even pull in another person. They could have somebody posing to be a police officer or a bail bondsman or a lawyer. So the victim will be completely duped, and they will go and withdraw funds from their bank account. They'll wire the money to the grandchild, in quotes, and uh, through, you know, a money movement service, Western Union, MoneyGram, that kind of thing. And it's happening, and it's important to protect yourself. So there's a couple of things that folks can really do. Oh, great. Yeah, and, you know, a big one is don't offer information to the caller. So if they say, do you know who this is, just say no and have them tell you. Uh, Press the caller for details. So that person should know some specific things about the individual they purport to be, right? So feel free to do your own proofing to make sure that it is indeed the person. And your real grandchild might know those things, but the imposter couldn't, right? And then after you hang up, then call the relatives, call the parents. And never, never, never wire someone money to someone if you have that uncertainty. They will have created the emotion. They'll say it's urgent. Those are very typical characteristics of what a fraudster would do. Well, this is so helpful, Kevin, and I know a lot of our listeners will be very interested in hopefully taking notes on this, but if they want more information, they can go to rbc.com slash privacy security slash CA slash protecting dash yourself dot HTML. And I will put that in the show notes so people can go there to look at some more fraud tips and find out how they can protect themselves. Thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Excuse me while I allow my 19-year-old son to cover his ears as I lay down some facts about the slang that teens use today. TBH, I'm no cap about the shading I'll get from him as he already thinks I'm sus and might ghost me, lol. Okay, that was a bit painful to say and I'm sure to hear. Here it is broken down. TBH is, to be honest, no cap means I'm not lying. Shading, he'll gossip about me. Sus, suspicious. And ghost, he might end our relationship by disappearing. And of course, LOL, laugh out loud. 
I found a list of translations on Bark.us if you're feeling FOMO about not knowing what's going on. Check it out. Thanks, Sabrina, for giving us real tips on how to talk to our teen grandkids. And thanks to Joan McDonald for inspiring us all to start from where we are and to keep going. It's never too late to make major changes in our lives. Great tips, as always, from RBC, this time for helping us to face the fraudsters head on before they fake us out. Now, next week, have you tried Wordle? It's an on-fire online word game which has many players looking for more of the same. What's beyond Wordle? Tech expert Mark Saltzman returns to the show to give us the lowdown on what other games we can play online to keep our minds sharp and our brains busy. Celebrity chef and newly certified personal trainer Rose Reisman is of sound mind and body as she takes us through what she calls a mind diet. It's all going to go to our heads. You'll need that sharp brain for our next Take 5 with RBC segment as well as we discuss InvestEase and look at an acronym we should all be up on, TFSAs, that's tax-free savings accounts, especially at this time of the year. Thanks for coming by. I hope you learned something and I hope you laughed. I know I did both. I'm Kathy Buckworth and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.